Holy City Sound Off, episode 12. We have a very, very special guest today, Coach Ben Pierman. How you doing? Doing well. Thanks for having me. Good to, good, good to see you again. Uh, we obviously spoke back in December. You were newly appointed then. How have things been um, for you personally, you know, as you settled in Charleston and gotten to enjoy the, uh, the local food, the community, and, of course, the, uh, the beer itself? I'm a big fan of the beer down there. Yeah, it's been it's been pretty awesome to be honest. Um, there's not many better places to live than the Low Country. My wife and I we live downtown, so we walk around, we explore. We got a dog. We we go is is walking around town as much as possible, and then obviously working for the battery and the club and the people around um, has been tremendous. It's been a great year. It's been a long year and gone by way too quickly, but it's been nothing but positive vibes. That's great to hear. What what kind of dog do you have? I don't know if you asked. A golden retriever. Golden yeah, retriever. Okay, that does ring a bell. Fit, fitting, fitting. Yeah. yeah, fitting for the area. I feel like that's like the perfect dog I have down south. Um, that's awesome. Well, I, I don't know if you remember, but we actually did see you at the home opener, and we we waved hello, but you didn't recognize us. So no, yeah. we're not holding thing against you, but I just wanted no. to. Yeah. <laughs> we, it's, we, it's harder than you would. <laughs> I know it's a small stadium. It's harder than you would think getting. All, all everything going on at once. No, I, I totally got that. Hey, you have another opportunity yeah, to wait back. Second chance. Set, we're coming down. I don't know if you know this. We're coming down nice. next Sunday or this Sunday for the game for a playoff game. So looking yeah, forward to awesome. that. Awesome. Well, hopefully we can put on a show for you guys. Yeah, we uh, actually. I'm not gonna. I don't want to wish any bad luck, but we've Howler's in uh, showing up hasn't. Yeah, been. Our mojo hasn't. Well, you drew the the match that we saw so and that's you, not and, too bad and hartford they won oh yeah I, I went to hartford and saw so maybe i just have to be the one that goes <laughs> and you have to stay home yeah aj <laughs> the aj patterson uh belter yeah um, i yeah. saw that live <laughs> what a goal yeah, yeah. an insane goal well obviously yeah we we spoke to you then um huge congratulations to the season so far um obviously the win over the weekend to end out the end out the regular season um and obviously securing home field advantage Having joined the Charleston Battery and just recently, you know, making history, um, having the largest point turnaround in USL championship history, how does that feel for you? Um, you know, coming into the season with, um, with with a big job, with a big project, um, and and to see how it it's all panned out. Yeah, I mean, look, obviously you know, at, at this level you want to win as many football matches as possible. You know, we're we're hyper even this week going into you know we we've just gone from a 38 week season to a 6 day season um you know even with that being said we're into processes everything about us um our processes and our platforms whether that's to be the best football team we can um be good citizens good people good teammates um you know so to go through the last 9 months the way we have um, and to have such a great turnaround and, and do as well as we have, um, obviously that's great. You know, for the club to to be a home playoff team to set some records. We've got young players playing well. We've got older players playing well. Players are getting on off the field on the field. Um, it's just been enjoyable. And, and one of the things for me and our mission and our our passion was we wanted to make the Charleston Battery fun again. You know, growing up and such a historic club, you know, every, every person I speak to from MLS and these guys, Oh, I love going there and doing this. And it's, that's what we want Charleston battery to be about. Be fun. Whether you're an owner or president, you're the kit man, you're coming to the games, you're taking tickets, your security guard, anybody who's there, 
um, you know, to enjoy what we what we get to do each Saturday night. And I think, to be honest, outside of a couple games, it's it's been so tremendous. And even those those couple games that didn't go our way makes the the positives feel so much better. Yeah, well said. And I think from my experience being a Patriots point, I, I was able to go to the game against um, Oakland Roots in in August. Um, a really good matchup, a really strong team in Oakland. But just the overall game experience as a fan was so much fun. I mean, they just do a great. You guys do a great job down in Charleston, and um, we've we've accredited we've credited the uh, the front office too, the media side of things, like the the on the road all access stuff is is awesome to see. So it's not only on the pitch; it's off the pitch. We're seeing like all this really good content go out, and all these cool clips, and just like you said, making it fun again. So. Um, and 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 the yellow smoke is I loved watching on uh, ESPN Plus like you, you see Trey or or, or Kuz and yeah. and Nat and then Those the smoke are unreal. And you see Palma getting smoked out by, <laughs> by yellow smoke. Still don't know how they sort out breathing when that stuff's <laughs> rolling across the pitch, but uh, uh, definitely fun. This is our first like full season, also following the battery, yeah. even following from afar up in the Northeast. Like the highest octane football that we watched this season was certainly with the battery with whether it's like late comebacks, dramatic, like, you know, it was just had it all. It seems. No, it's, it it has been crazy. I mean, we've lost the game seven, nothing. We've gone started the season like seven in a row. You know, it's, it's crazy. I mean, these things happen over 10 months. You play, we played 37 official matches. Um, you know, like you mentioned, AJ Patterson scoring a bomb from 30 yards out in the 90th minute to win it after being down three to one. We've had anything and everything going on. I mean, I, I hopefully on Sunday we can get as much yellow smoke going as possible. <laughs> we're doing that. That means we're scoring. We want to. We want to try to get as many as possible. Right on. Yeah, and you touch on so coming into the season, it's always the goal is to kind of collect as many points as possible. Down the stretch, you might not have collected as many points as you would have liked. Um, and in particularly kind of the late game form was an issue. You could say what's something that you did to kind of address that or specific changes that you made. Uh, I mean, it's a good question. We didn't, again, it kind of just goes back to, to who we are and how we operate. I mean, the biggest thing for us, um, you know, like you mentioned, we lost two games in a row where we're winning in the second half and that's just not, a good recipe for any sort of success. Um, so you kind of look at the reasons why is it pairings? Is it bad coaching? Is it unfortunate? You know, we, we addressed actually, ironically enough, our away game at Indy 11, I think it was like June 12th or something. And we, we no J- July 12th. Um, and we sat there as a team and we looked around, I said, look, we just tied one-to-one. Yep. Maybe we got hosed on a penalty or maybe this didn't go away and we hit the crossbar and all these things. I was like, that's a playoff game. We have at that time, I said, we have 15 more playoff games on the docket. And I even referenced and I said, I don't even care if you're looking at loud and away who maybe wasn't in, in high as in the table as some of the other teams. I said, they're going to be playing for their lives. Every single game is going to be a playoff game. So we've tried to view these as, as playoff matchups. Now, the difference was, is when we blew those those leads um, and lost the games, we get, kept playing. And then we had a really good match last uh, couple of days ago against Birmingham. So. I think the biggest thing was just, you know, a little bit more attention to detail. Um, you could tell in the second half on Saturday against Birmingham whether guys played 10 minutes, 5 minutes, 45 minutes. It didn't – anybody who was in there said, we're getting a shutout, we're seeing this game out, and if we score a second one, even better. So I think it's just a little bit natural over 34 games to take your foot off the gas because 
We couldn't really do any better. We couldn't do really any worse. We were playing well, but you want to see those out, especially against two teams that were fighting for their lives for, for their seasons. Yeah. And a team fighting for the life is never an easy matchup when you already got most things secured and accounted for. Um, I guess, I mean, you sound incredibly smart predicting the future by saying Indy 11 was the first one that was the playoff match. And now we look to Indy 11 and it is a team that you're yet to beat this season. Um, and maybe dealt an inconvenient call early on in the match to go down a man. And then the the result, we know how it kind of went with the four Oh, and then a one, one draw as well. What's the mindset going into a match as a team or even as a head coach, being that it's a team that you haven't found success against yet. Yeah. I mean, I think the first thing going into it is look, there's a third of the team, a third of this league now are they're golfing. They're at home. They're, 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 they're done. You know, um, another third's going to be done come Sunday at midnight type thing. So, um, you know, there is a little bit of, of, you know, it's set in mentally and psychologically and spiritually that, you know, it's win or go home. In every detail, you'll you'll lose. Your seasons and and heartbrokenness will be felt if if we're not as as tough as we can be. So that's number one. Um, you know, number two specifically to Indy Eleven. You know, they they whooped us. They I don't know what I'm allowed to say words wise, but they kicked. Say whatever you want. <laughs> yeah. it, it, we can believe you know, some look, stuff. I know nine seconds in, we conceded a penalty and a red card, but they they kicked our butt. That fair and square. You know, the second game out there, we played a really, really good game, faded a little bit, um, and had to settle for a tie. When we were going into this final weekend, you look at Birmingham, you look at Indy, and you look at Louisville, um, I can't really tell you who's better, who's worse. These players, this team, I mean, I can tell you that nobody's played as well as Indy 11 the last month. Um, I can tell you that um, in the buildup phase and in, in their positional game and in, while they're in possession, they're as good as there is in this entire league. Um, but in my own heart, I wanted to play Indy simply because they whooped us so bad. Like I'm embarrassed. I'm like, Oh, we got to get back at them. So it's you, any game is going to be tough. Doesn't matter who you're playing, where you're playing. Um, you know, we've done a lot of work to achieve a home playoff game. So hopefully that can help us and push us to, to, to get the advancement out of this round. Um, but I'm really looking at it like looking at some of their players like Cam Lidley, Gwenzotti, Dispeed, center back trucks on fire and goal. Like it, we're going to have our hands full, but I want them to have their hands full with us too. I think it'll be a 50-50 even game and what's going to be the separation. And then maybe maybe it's the supporters. Maybe maybe you guys are going to be the ones that push Screaming that extra bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You'll, you'll hear us. Probably That's walk sure. away with no voice. <laughs> um, Solomon Asante is a player that obviously on ND is a, one of the star players suspension is i think the case for him he won't be available on sunday for indy how does that change your your tactics going in how does that change anything for you is it mostly just stick to what you already have in mind or or are you kind of looking at that as a as a obviously thing to take advantage of yeah i mean look i think the the biggest thing whether it's injury suspensions international call up you can only play the players that are available and you can only compete against the players that they put out so He's a top player. He's been the the MVP in this league multiple times for a reason. Um, I don't think it's going to change their identity. I think they're going to build and they're going to try to play through lines. They're going to try to create those overloads centrally um, to get around us with their fullbacks. Um, you know, he's exceptional, but they've got guys ready to do it to come in. So for us, we have to make sure that that our philosophy, our platform, 
and then our work rate, our attitude, our actions, our behaviors um, are greater than theirs. And it's going to be tough because they're saying the exact same thing yeah. in Indy right now about how they need to go above and beyond. Um, but it's all about us pushing, doing the best that we can to, to make sure we're fighting to try to try to knock them out and push on. Amen to that. Um, playoff football. It's coming back to Charleston. It's the first time Patriots point. We'll see playoff football. That's got to be exciting, but at the same time, it's probably a bit stressful. Um, you as a manager with, with the name and the accolades that you had coming into Charleston this season with the players that you have a, a very talented squad, you being favorites going in, how do you deal with the pressure with the expectations um, how, how do you as a person, as a manager, deal with that going into these games? Um, I mean, honestly, I think it's kind of like what I said is, you know, you got to find that, look, this isn't just another game, but it is, it's a 90 minute football match. So we want to train the same way, which is with intensity and integrity. Um, we want to be selfless with our actions. We want to make sure that the group's fully together and everything that we need to do. Um, yep, the severity of the situation and, and the um, accountability of, of our actions will be even heightened. Um, you know, for me, it's less about the pressure, more about hopefully for the players to be able to enjoy it. You just mentioned there, we're, we this is the first time in the stadium that they're going to be playing, we'll be playing USL playoff football. You know, Battery haven't been able to host a playoff game since 2018. We haven't been in the playoffs since 2019. So, um you know, all the more reason to enjoy it, all the more reason to to have fun with what we're doing. Now, fun isn't just going out unprepared and winging it. Um, <laughs> you know, we'll be prepared. We're very respectful of our opponent, as as you said, they, they've whooped us. Um, but for us, we want to go out, enjoy it, have fun. That means competing. That means looking at them and saying, hey, you guys are a great team. We respect you. But, you know, today we got to land one right in your jaw type thing and, and push on from there. But, you know, like I said, they're going to be saying the same thing. They have pressure. Um you know, I think who can, can manage the emotions and not push them down, but play right on that edge and teeter a little bit too crazy, but not too crazy, um, you know, and get after it and, you know, try to push to get get out of the first round. Yeah, knockout football is just a Different. whole other ball game. And you got those, like, adrenaline rush to handle when you, like, first 15 and then you're exhausted because you're just absolutely drained from that adrenaline kick and you got to bounce back but you hopefully we can make it longer than nine seconds with 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 11 men this time yeah <laughs> hopefully <laughs> even even just you talking about it though like it makes me all the more excited to get down there yeah. and i mean maybe not popcorn ready maybe brisket ready to enjoy the match and oh, sit yeah. down um and root you guys on um but what a season it's been and um as we kind of just transition here on the on the podcast taking a look back so all th- all all guns are blazing for indy but w- looking back and reflecting on the season which is far from done certainly not done um in the team you've been able to work with a wide range of personalities from young young talents to veterans that bring loads of skill but what's something that you've learned from the teammates with, within the squad this season is there a particular thing that stands out um, that's a really good question. I've never really reflected on it like that. I would say this is my, this is only my third year, um, as head coach in USL championship. So first year was complete bonkers. Second year last year in Memphis was, was great and successful. I knew going in with the transition this year, it's new players, new people, new club, new everything. 
it's not going to be replicated of, of what we just did. Um, but I wanted to make sure that we were using our same platform, same identity, the, the style of play, our standards. Um, what jumped out to me, and, and this is probably, you know, in, in life, this is, this is how it goes, is how different and unique human beings are. You know, they respond differently. Um, you know, we started off the season with seven unbeaten and then we lose. Just Even just the resilience and the ability of people to be selfless um you know to to be together and willing to genuinely put the charleston battery before everything and and and, you know that's not their families not their kids not their wives not their partners but but you know when the whistle blows in between the lines there's nothing else that matters um and you you know i told the team that whether they become a lawyer a father a construction worker they they're an agent they're a coach whatever their future after football is these young men are going to be very successful because they understand the concept of the group. They understand the concept of hard work and selflessness, um, but they also understand the concept of success, which, which is, which is massive in, in the modern day. So for me, it's been very like honorable and humbling to be able to coach these young men because um, you know, they just want to win and they'll do whatever it takes, uh, which is really, really, really uncommon in, in a team sport. Yeah, we had, we had the opportunity um, to sit down with Augie. He had some very good words about you, saying you're the type of manager that he'd he'd run a wall run through run through a wall for. Um, so yeah, obviously that you can see that how it's very mutual in terms of learning from each other and and respect the respect yeah, yeah, aspect, yeah. which is really yeah. is really cool to see because obviously you know professional footballers and and you know the professional level it's. In the USL, it's high churn rate. It's, it's sometimes maybe hard to buy in when it's a quick yeah. turnaround. So um, just from my experience following the battery, it seems like everybody in that team is good vibes and hardworking. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, very much excited to get down there, like Connor's mentioned. Uh, in terms of reflecting, what's been your favorite moment so far? Obviously, your next favorite moment will be a Sunday win, but... Um, no positive vibes. Putting them out there, by the way. Uh, but what's been your favorite moment this thus far? Um, that is a tough one. I would say our, I think was our first win. Was that Tampa at home game number three? Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I think it was think our it first was. one. We won three yeah. nil. It meant a lot to to the players it meant because they had been working so hard. We had played two good games, didn't get the result. Um, Fidel scored a nice goal, Marcanic, mm-hmm. uh, Augie got a penalty, Dotson drew it. Like things were kind of going our way and we were missing Leland Archer. We were missing Declan Wynn. We were missing AJ Patterson. We were missing so many guys through international call-ups and this stuff. So to have that was pretty awesome. Um, you know, we've won away at Tampa, which was really cool. And I would say the win against San Diego, those, those moments to me were like collective things of months and months worth of work, especially that San Diego game of just coming together. And you're like, man, you could just step back, watch it, enjoy it. And it's, it's pretty cool. So, you know, there's usually those highs, those big, those big wins are the, are the ones, um, like you said, hopefully this Sunday's even the the best memory of the whole season. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> it yeah. will be. It will be. And after <laughs> and after the Tampa win, you get to uh tell tell Lee he made the right decision. Yeah. yeah. 
Oh, that's great. no, that was a big that was a big one for everybody. I just know the first two games we were playing, we played well, we didn't get a win. And it's like, oh, what's going on? And then, right. um, you know, to get that one, and, and you know, Young Fidel hadn't even yeah. hadn't even turned seventeen yet, was getting a goal, so it was good. And it was just good to see the whole team thrive in those moments. Yeah, I think I remember that Fidel goal. It was like, it was it was yeah unreal. But uh, yeah, I remember that one. What's been the most frustrating match this season? I can speak of one potentially the Louisville game that frustrated me. They also trolled you on social media. I don't know if you saw that. Um, so my assumption would be that not to answer the question for you, but what's been, I guess the most frustrating part this season or, or match that you can remember. Um, I mean, we did lose a game seven, nothing. So <laughs> that, that I would say that was just kind of an outlier. Um, and to be fair, San Antonio so good at that moment. The players, the they're you know, the defending champs. Um, you know, for me actually, you kind of mentioned the Oakland game. Uh, that was statistically our best game of the season. We played with such aggression in the movements in it our attacking wise, we were one of the best all season. We lost one zero on an own goal. Um, you know, Louisville away was tough, but but it wasn't as frustrating because for the first 60, 65 minutes, I thought they were the better team and they probably deserved to go up. And then we did really well to tie and then it all tilted in our favor. And then at the end of the game, the call didn't go our way. But, you know, I think like the game against Oakland, we lose we lose one nothing. We probably had games like that. You know, we, we beat Tampa Hartford twice in the last kick of the game. So sometimes that stuff happens. Um, just over 34 games, you don't want to do it too often. Um but look, any t- like I honestly, I was probably the most upset uh, at Pittsburgh because we conceded twice in a week uh, off the opening kickoff, and I just looked like an idiot. And the team was working so hard, and it just didn't go our way. So, um, you know, but those were all good learning lessons. Um, you know, we got Pittsburgh back and played a really great game in that second one. So, I think within every time there's an up there's a down every time there's a down there's an up and you want to find that balance of just making sure the positives definitely outweigh the negatives yeah there's definitely a lot of late winners in your favor so one had to go out of your favor yeah uh, so they have to be sure. oakland <laughs> i was the, the oakland game was when i was at and you you guys certainly did outperform them like yeah all over the pitch so um yeah, that is a frustrating one for sure when those when games go that way. That whole balancing act. You just kind of got to trust it. You know, you don't want to read too much into things. And, like, it can be so frustrating in the moment too, especially with, like, officiating decisions and all of that, like, when emotions are so high. But that's good that it sounds like you're able to, like, take that step back and, like, recognize, okay, this one went against us, but, you know, this yeah. one might, might have gone in our favor. Yeah. Um, well. Trying, trying to find that balance. <laughs> it's not, it's not easy, um, even as a fan watching on. But um, you do have a hot young talent on your hands. Fidel was recently named to the Guardians' top sixty young talents. Um, just as far as his footballing future, what do you think that holds for him as a player? Yeah, I mean, look, I, I think one of the worst things to do is 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 kind of predict futures, whether it's like winning results or playoff runs mm-hmm. and these types of things. But I also understand it's it's important and it's talking points, and that's what is 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 there. And I think for Fidel, it's a real thing. He is he is a generational talent. The players will tell you that. He'll tell you that. I'll tell you that. Other teams will tell you that. The Guardian. Um, you know, he's still 17, so he's, he has to make sure he, 
you know, in all four phases from physiologically and tactically and technically and, um, you know, men- mentally and spiritually from the emotion side as well, continue to grow up and develop. But look, he's he is so competitive. He is a tough, tough mother trucker. Like he is, <laughs> he's he's enjoyable to coach in that way. Um, I think where he's got to just keep finding the balance is at that young age of finding um, being a little bit of a prick here and there, if I could say that, but, but in a good way, um, you know, because his training habits are good. He's obviously going to keep growing physically and, and mature in certain ways um, cognitively as well, but from the competition standpoint, and then his approach in general, all he wants to do is win because he knows if he's winning at the team's winning, if the team's winning, he's going to do well. So where he ends up, I mean, look, he's, on track to be a, a player that ends up in, in Europe. And I think these are players goals, how that happens, when that happens. I have no idea. Um, I know that we as a club and fans and, and people listening should enjoy it for as long as we can. Um, but his focus is just to do the best that he can for the Charleston battery, do the best that he can in this world cup, everything else will take care of itself. And, and to be fair to him, he has a very, wise and mature head on his shoulders i i've never i've literally just never coached a 16 year old ever in my life um so to be able to do it and then that he's good and that he handles things well um you know because you want him to suffer and struggle a little bit as well but he doesn't miss a beat he he hits that stuff in stride and hopefully for for our sake he just keeps getting better and better and hopefully for his sake he you know stay healthy stay fit stay focused win some games and enjoy yourself because let everybody else take care of the, the noise outside of it. Yeah. That kind of briefly answered the question that I had was in terms of managing a player like, like Fidel. I mean, he's young, he's extremely talented. The global football is keeping an eye on him. I guess what are some things that, that you as a manager, like just keep an eye out for him? Is it just, you know, stuff like stuff getting to his head or like, you know, just the pressure that you see from people talking about him, stuff like that. What, what are some things that you feel responsible for as a manager when it comes to managing? Like you said, you never managed a 16 year old before. So what's it like been for you in doing that? Um, look, he's got a very good support structure in his life with his family um, and his friends and the people close to him. Um, so, so in that regard, like they're making sure, like I had to sit to me, Hey, if you don't do your homework, you don't get selected for the team. I was like, Whoa, 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 wait a second. Like, I'm, I don't care if he does his homework, you <laughs> yeah, know, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> but no, he's, he's got very good structure. He's, you know, speak for him, but he's probably going to graduate high school a year early, which is beyond incredible for a young player with how busy he is. Um, you know, he works his tail off for me. The focus is actually keeping him in line of like what helps the Charleston battery win football matches, because that's our number one goal. But I go back to our processes and our platform. How can Fidel help us win? Well, you know, he started the year as like our best winger pressing out of possession. Well, now he's like our number one winger and creating chances. So you got to find it. It's my job to coach on what he needs to work on or what the team needs in Fidel. But also Fidel knows he's playing with Derek Dotson or he's playing with Declan or he's playing near Augie or Tristan or something. So, so it's finding those balances for him. Um, Actually one thing we had all these plans of like, all right, on Tuesdays we'll do this and this and this, and it's actually just been better to step back. We've treated him the exact same way as AJ Patterson. who has been around the league forever and is a consummate professional. You know, we treat him just like, Nick Markanik, who's in his second year as a pro, but first year with us. So, you know, there's been anything and everything, but 
you know, as long as his things are clear and the expectations are very blatant for him, um, he's going to thrive because he works hard and he wants to do whatever it takes to, to win and he'll do whatever it takes to get better. So, you know, there's always little things in training, little things in match preparation. Um, but for him, I, I truly believe that the sky's the limit. Um, you know, I think if he's, if he continues to stay focused and, and focuses on the things that are important, which he's done so far this year, I, the kids, the kid is top. He's top. It's, it's, it, it's a little bit crazy. He's, he's, he's quite good. <laughs> yeah. Now being, I mean, being at Patriots point, seeing him play, he, he looks more grown than some of the <laughs> mid 25 year olds you see defending him. So um, uh, that's great to hear that. He obviously he's got that. He's got the support, which is always good. And then he's, he's got the clear and focused mindset to just like win games and, you're just there yeah. to facilitate that, which is which is awesome. So competitive spirit too, because yeah. sometimes you, that's something that you can't really teach. And he, with how casually he looks with in some things he does on the pitch, like knowing he has that is like wow, this guy makes him scary. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, seriously. Um, Fidel- Probably with most of our players, the best thing for me to do is just get out of the way. <laughs> Just let the players do what they. You do. You might be selling yourself it. short yeah, on that. Yeah, thank you. Obviously, Fidel is one of many. USL talents we're seeing um, like he obviously is far exceeding a little bit of that, but we're seeing the USL talent pool grow. We're seeing players go to Europe. Um, we just saw a 13 year old make a day, his debut for, I forget who was it? Sac Republic. Sac Republic. <clears throat> for you as a manager, what's your perspective? What's your take on the USL US soccer? And I guess from like a, yeah, like a coach's point of view, how does it look to you? And, and does it excite you? Does yeah. it, does it make you uh, excited just for U.S. soccer yeah. as a whole? Yeah, I mean, look, I I, I joined the league um, in in January of 2019, so this is my fifth season. Um, the 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 growth, the jumps by leaps and bounds, the improvements are incredible. Um, you know, there's still things that have to get better, but I will give the the people who are probably mo- the players and the supporters are always going to be the most important. But the players and supporters wouldn't exist without the people that write the checks, the the owners and the the people. They've now looked at players um, and even coaches to an extent, but mainly players to say, you are assets. You are the reason people turn up to our stadium. You're the reason why the black and yellow and this brand is cool and these types of things. Um, So they've they've invested time, money, energy, resources, training grounds. So the professionalism in our league is skyrocketing and it's going at a very, very quick rate. Now you take in the fact that there are a lot of really, really good young footballers in this country that want to be playing first team. um, And that's no slight to MLS next pro at all, but first team football, whether that's MLS USL championship league one, et cetera, they want to be playing high level professional football. Um, and there's some 15, 16, 17 year olds that are ready there. There's a lot of guys that aren't ready till 2021, 22. That's okay. Um, you look at all over the world and what that continues to do is it continues to drive our league. It drives the young players in our country, Josh Widener, Diego Luna, probably Fidel, these players that are going in an alternative path, um, and being highly, highly successful. So, you know, there's the, the, they, I know the quote, you know, in life, it's more about the journey and all these types of things. And, and this is a very unique way. And I think our league's just getting better and better. Um, I think the other thing is like guys like you and in the media coverage and the supporters in the stadiums, like it makes our league legitimate. It makes people really tune in. Um, whereas maybe four or five years ago, not so much 10 years ago. Okay. Yeah. 
It's just keep getting better and better and better. And that's that makes me get better. That makes Fidel get better. It makes Indy 11 and every team in the league just constantly driving day in and day out. Yeah, it's it's great you put it that way because as Connor mentioned in the beginning, we weren't really following USL Championship until this season, until the end of last season a bit. But it's funny, I, I'm I'm talking to people that obviously they're more casual soccer fans says like they watch the Prem, they watch, you know, you know, World Cup when it's on. And then I was having a conversation once with a with a friend of mine and he was saying he doesn't he's like, Oh, it's international break. What am I gonna watch? I'm like, USL championship, like it's really good football, like it, it's yeah. high level, it's it's exciting. Um all out of all the games I've watched, I've seen some crazy late winner, if if not just a crazy moment. So um to your point, yeah, it is a it is a sport that has really attracted my attention and I'm trying to spread that as much as I can to people that are soccer fans that are, that want to tap into the game more. So um, the best way to grow it is to tap into your own country and and stop watching uh too much like yeah <laughs> League One in uh, in English football. But uh, yeah, so that's uh, that's well put and excited to see the growth of yeah. this league. It just seems like they do all the little things right too. Like the more that you know about it, the more you can respect the league, especially with all the battles that it has to fight like being small or not being like the top yeah. like you know like it's just tough that they have to do that and even in that adversity like they still do all the things right which makes makes me have even more respect for it um and ev- everyone involved but as, sure. as, as far as the episode goes you've made it through the thick of it <laughs> all of our difficult questions we're gonna try to give you a layup to kind of close things out so we were we were talking about your your fresh hoodie, the new battery hoodie you've got on, um, and we've seen some of your touch touchline fits. We would lend a guess that you're a guy that pays attention to the outfits that he picks out, and we've also heard that you have a bit of a Jordan collection. Do you have a specific pair teed up for Sunday that we should know about? Or, um, yeah, you know my. My boss, um, our our president Lee Cohen, he he as like a welcoming gift got me a pair of uh, Jordan One mids, which I was like, I like Jordans, I like sneakers, I like Air Force Ones, I'm into sneakers, and um, but I've ne- I've never had the courage to get a pair of Jordan Ones. Like I'm just always scared of them. Mm-hmm. So he got them. They're black, yellow, and white. Um, we've worn them a couple times this year. Um, you know, we've, we're, we've done well in those sneakers. So probably going to wear those just making sure we're in the black and yellow. Um, I've no, I think the weather's supposed to be fine. Um, uh, but I get so cold that usually the first thing I do is sort out the sneakers and then go from there with the pants and the top and <laughs> by the end of it, you know, letting it all go. But the shoe game, I always, I always put a good priority on. Love that. I'm, I'm definitely going to be copping that hoodie when I'm down there. Cause I, yeah. I saw that pop up on the store and I texted Ben Clemens oh, and I was oh, like, this is yeah. this is some good stuff. This is what I've been waiting for. <laughs> yeah. So uh, no, that's that's great. Yeah. My jersey to rip when I'm down there. Yeah, you know? yeah, that's yeah. true. But um, Ben, Coach, thank you for have thank you for joining us this evening. Um, really excited to get down there, and no matter what which way the result goes, round of applause for what you've done for the team and and the turnaround this season. So excited to see the boys awesome. kick it around. Well, I appreciate, I really do appreciate that. The kind words, the coverage all season long, you know, having me on, on this evening. And then, um, you know, no matter what on, on Sunday, make sure you guys are yelling for me. I'll, I'll <laughs> yeah. We got Tristan. He's six, seven. Yeah, so he'll be waving. We're around. waving. Yeah. Crazy. There you go. Perfect. <laughs> all awesome. right, coach. Have a good evening. Good luck. All thank, right. Thanks, thank you for guys. joining us.